Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you, for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. Remember this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Grab a seat. So as I ask the uh, young people, what are we remembering today? Are you doing remembering today? What are you remembering this weekend? Or have you totally forgotten? It's like some of our young people here, right? Or never maybe knew in the first place. What are we doing, right? It's a good question, actually, for a young person. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing fireworks for? What are we celebrating? The independence of America, the, the uh, time where a bunch of people decided we don't want to be governed without representation, even more importantly, taxed without representation, having no say of it. Uh, what else are we celebrating? The Declaration of Independence, right, that Jefferson wrote, that kind of declared a new reason for governing, a governing, governments by the people, for the people. In the course of human events, eventually things got to change if it's not working, in a sense, is what Jefferson says. The freedom, right, of, of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. What are you celebrating? We're not only remembering today, what are we remembering? Remembering that Declaration of Independence, but we're also remembering who we are, right, from the Constitution and that Declaration, what the principles of this country are, but also we're remembering what was done is important, right? That this, this, this not, didn't just happen out of nowhere. People gave their life so that we could be here, not just in the Revolutionary War, but in many other wars, sacrifice their livelihood so that we would be free and secure? Are you remembering that this weekend? An act? It's important to. It's important to remember who you are and how you got here so you don't take it for granted, I think people would say, right? And by remembering, it should kind of change the way you behave. You know what I mean? Remembering who we are, remembering what the Constitution is and what the principles of America are, are, are important. You forget, you can become something else that you did not intend to be. And remembering how you got here should keep you somewhat humble. That you, you were just born here in this fairly free country. Who are you to... Be proud of yourself. Who are you to deny someone else maybe those same freedoms? As we've seen in the history of America, right? The principles are laid down, but over time, especially in the terms of slavery and et cetera and equality, trying to extend these principles. And how do we do that? By remembering those basic principles and trying to apply it. And we're not done, are we, in a sense, right? And when you don't remember these things, you can kind of become proud, overly confident. It can affect how you live, how you change. 
So it shouldn't surprise us that Moses, that God repeatedly is telling the people of Israel to remember this day. In chapter 13 of Exodus is what we're looking at, but we're kind of talking about the whole rescue effort before God did anything. After, I should say this, at the last plague, he actually tells Moses and tells Israel, you're going to remember this, and you're not going to forget it. As he rescues them from nothing, you're going to remember that you were enslaved for 400 years, but I remembered you and acted You're going to remember that I don't forget my promises that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and came through, and you're going to remember what's about to happen as I release Pharaoh's grip over you, and you're allowed to leave from being forced to work and to be freed, free to worship me, God says. And more than that, I'm going to bring you into your own land, flowing of milk and honey, just a beautiful place where you will be your own people and be my people and feel and be free in me. Don't forget what's about to happen. And you you would think it'd be easy not to, it'd be easy not to forget. I mean, what's going to happen? You had had 10 plagues, so you won't forget. Not just one, but 10 that finally released them from Pharaoh's grip, right? And the finale was amazing and horrific, the death of the firstborn sons, males, and Pharaoh's son that finally caused him to repent and let go. And then, of course, there's the parting of the Red Sea, the whole thing, absolutely all an act of God. The people of Israel had nothing to do with it. And they were freed. And not only that, they were given everything. The Egyptians gave them gold. They were friends. They loved the Israelites, the Egypt people, and gave them a beautiful send-off, quite honestly. And it wasn't just because they were like, please get out of here. You're ruining our country with these plagues. But they come to like them. Never forget. You'd think it'd be easy not to forget. But God knows that we do. And so you'll see here, God and and Moses, they set up these events. What do they set up so that they'll never forget? The Passover meal is one. You're going to every year repeat this Passover meal, the day that I uh, punished Pharaoh and you were let go. You're going to celebrate that once a year, eat the same meal on that Passover night when the angel of death passed over you because of the blood on the doorpost and punished Pharaoh. Every year you're going to remember this meal. In fact, God says this, your children are going to ask, just like these guys did, what does this meal mean? What are we celebrating on this 4th of July? I mean, on this 14th of Nisan. And the dad and the mom are going to say, we are celebrating what God has done. Single-handedly remembered us in our slavery, rescued us, brought us out of that, and have given us this promised land. And the second thing that Moses talks about here is the annual meal, the Passover meal. And the other thing he talks about here is 
you're going to consecrate the firstborn male of your whole population, reminding you that it was the firstborn son of Pharaoh that caused him to let you go. So you'll never forget what I have done for you. Why is that important for the people of Israel? You know what he oftentimes says is, he's oftentimes saying, when you get into that promised land, you need to do these things, this annual Passover, this consecration of the firstborn male. Never forget, keep remembering. But he's oftentimes saying, when you get into the promised land. Why is that important? The obvious is to give thanks to God, to be grateful. And the counter of that is, you didn't do it. It's not your accomplishments, your virtue, purely by God's grace, He did this for you. By remembering that God did this, it should change how they look at the world. First, they can trust Him, that He follows through on His promises. But also, I think it should humble you. Just like we think of the 4th of July and, the, and we think of those that laid down their lives, it should humble us. But more than that, for the Israelites to remind themselves regularly, let alone annually, that God did the rescuing, it should tell them, I mean, not only did He rescue them, He fed them in the wilderness, bringing them through, He, he gave them water out of a rock, manna from the sky, He totally and simply provided for them. And by remembering this as they get into the promised land, not only should it make them happy that God loves them, but it should humble them so that they are regularly recognizing and reminding themselves, we are lucky. All that I have is from His hand. I am not the author of my own success. We did not build the kingdom of Israel. We're completely relying on His providence and grace. Did the Israelites remember? Some of them stopped kind of doing those festivals, stopped doing those sacrifices, those consecrations, and Passover. But even when they did, they went through the motions. So they would do Passover meal, and they do the sacrifices, and every, the whole Mosaic law was really about remembering that you are totally dependent on God, and that God comes through and has mercy. And they did all the things, but as the prophets pointed out to them, you're doing them, but I'm Actually, God literally tells them, I'm tired of receiving these sacrifices. I don't want them. They stink. Because you're doing them, but you're not remembering why. You're going through the motions, but you're not connecting it to the greater thing. And that is, I am the deliverer. I am, your, I am merciful. I love you. You are unrighteous, and I forgive you. You are weak, and I lift you up. They started thinking that they were the authors of their success, and it came through on how they lived. Because one of the number one things the prophets constantly warned the people of Israel about was not just chasing after other gods, which they did, always looking for somebody to do them better, always trying to be more like the other guy, like those other nations. What have you done for me lately, God? I'm going to go to the other God then because I'm not getting the answer I want right away. But the second thing the prophets are always criticizing the people of Israel for 
was selfishness. How they treated the poor and the widows. You'll constantly see that theme of accusation from God. How you walk on by those in need. Israel had become this separated community where the rich were happy eating for themselves and living for themselves and those disabled and the weak and the needy were left without. That was probably the number two accusation, chasing after other gods that you think are going to love you more, but they just demand more. They always do. And number two, treating the weak and the poor poorly. Always the same theme. And why do you think they treated the poor and the needy so terribly? Because they forgot that they were poor. Does that make sense? It's very important. When you forget how you got to where you are, you start thinking you're the reason for it, and therefore you deserve all that you have, and therefore it is yours, and forgetting that all that you have is absolutely by God's hand. And that's going to follow through on how you live, because you're not going to share it because you worked hard for it. Or you're not going to share it because you think you're righteous and that's why you have it and God must love you more than that person. That's how they lived. And God condemned them for it. But it all started with forgetting. But today, every Sunday, we celebrate something far greater than even the Passover we remember something far greater than the 4th of July. We remember how God heard our cries, not just the Israelites, not just of physical slavery, which is terrible, but spiritual, mental slavery to our own passions. When he heard our cries of all humanity, as we hurt one another, as we suffer under our own actions, let alone the actions upon us, and as we fear death itself, God hears us, and he didn't just send Moses, but he sent his son himself, Jesus. For you and for me to deliver us of something far greater than slavery, to deliver us from someone far worse than Pharaoh, and to give us something far greater than a promised land. And this time, instead of hurting us for our delivery, God inflicts, receives the pain upon himself. His only son dies for us to release the grip of our destiny and death from us. Christ died in your place. Your sins will not be counted against you. You will walk through those pearly gates for free because he has declared it so. You're free. You're free of the ultimate consequences of your sin. That's very important. And in his resurrection, you are free of death. Talk about freedom. That's a freedom 
that's always with you, even though you might suffer in the world, even though you might be in a cage in this world, even though you might be at the other end of the stick here in this world, ultimately, long-term, you are free in Christ and nobody can take that from you. Like he parted the waters for the Israelites, he parted the waters of baptism and through these waters brought you into freedom. You're forgiven, you'll rise again. And every Sunday, we celebrate that, what Christ has done, the new and the greater Moses for the greater people, for all sinners, not just the Israelites, and given us a promised land that is eternal in the new heaven, new earth. And guess what? Jesus has literally given us a meal to remember this event by so we'll never forget. But it's not once a year. He actually says it. He takes that Passover meal that was once a year, and he turns it in, quite frankly, blasphemously, if he wasn't the one who rises again, upon himself. He takes what was celebrating Moses, and he says what? Taking up the bread, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, this whole meal. No longer remembrance of Moses, but remembrance of Jesus' death and resurrection. Take and drink. This is the blood of the new covenant. Not simply the covenant on Sinai that Pastor Keene's going to talk about next Sunday, but the covenant between all sinners and God by the blood of Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. That's why we do this every Sunday, because we forget. We need this constant reminder. We need to hear the pastor say to us specifically, you're forgiven, take and eat the body of Christ. To hear his victory applied to you personally for your sins in that meal. It's powerful, isn't it? I hope it is, it's very important. It's the very essence of Christianity. It's the very center of being a Christian is gathering on the weekend and hearing his word and taking communion. That's how you are a Christian. Everything else is cute. This is what Christians do, commanded by Christ so that we never forget. Because man is easy to forget, isn't it? And where do you forget? You forget in the good times when you start thinking you're awesome. Just like God was worried about Israel when they go to the promised land, right? He kept on saying, in the promised land, keep doing this. Why? Because he knew they're going to forget, because things are going to go well, and they're going to think they are the authors of their own success. We're no different. We think we're great. We think we're righteous. And we think other people must not be if they're not doing well in life. But we just kind of forget. And it shows in how we live. Not caring for those around us, not loving us, loving others, not forgiving our enemies. Because when you start forgetting, when you start forgetting that everything that you have as an American is absolutely a gift from God. It's not because you're the hardest worker, the best person in the world. The Lord has blessed you. But most especially, your righteousness, your right to call yourself a Christian a member of God's family is absolutely a gift having nothing to do with your qualities. When you start forgetting that, you start treating people worse, don't you? When you start thinking you're here because you are a good person and they are not, 
It changes how generous you are and everything. You know, there's a great uh, a theme in a lot of literature, the lotus eaters. Have you ever heard of that? Um, and uh, you first see it, I think, probably in uh, Homer's The Odyssey. And the, uh, the uh, um, Ulysses is coming back from the war in Troy, a victory, and he's coming back, and they're excited because they're going back home. They're going back to family. That's the goal. And uh, the, uh, the book, uh, the uh, epic poem, The Odyssey, is all about that journey backwards, back there. And as they're going, they come across this island, and uh, he sends out some guys to check it out. Well, it turns out it's an island of uh, people enjoying um, some sort of opiate, you know, lotus leaves. And so the guys go there to check it out, and they start consuming these, uh, or they start being seduced by the people saying, hey, try these leaves, you know, they make you feel good. And indeed they do, and it just kind of satisfies any longing that they have. And they started to forget where they were going because they were satisfied for the temporary feeling of just feeling good because, quite frankly, this drug. Tennyson has a fantastic poem as well, both things I assume you've read if you've went to school, but who knows now on a day in America. I think this is how we live. We were eating the lotus leaves, this false sense and satisfaction and temporary successes. You know what I mean? And you start forgetting that this world's all going downhill. Right now, temporarily eating, what, I mean, what is your lotus leaf that you're eating? Oh, my job's great. I'll have this forever. It's always going to go well. And you just kind of forget that every single thing that we have is wonderful, a gift of God for sure, but temporary. And especially as we celebrate the 4th of July, we can even forget that. I'm in America. I'm in the country of plenty. Everything's great. I used to think that 10 years ago, looking at horrendous events in other countries. You know what I'm talking about? Earthquake happens in India, and, you know, thousands are dead. In America, maybe a couple. Pandemic is always happening over there. You know what I'm saying? We've been eating lotus leaves, thinking that we are some kind, somehow greater human beings than other human beings. And the pandemic comes, and we're just shocked that it could possibly happen to us. Well, wake up. No matter where you are, what color your skin, or where you live, you're dying. You're a sinner. There's struggles, and nothing is forever. And we started believing our own success. Brothers and sisters in Christ, good news. You've been given a victory greater than this country, greater than Moses, Jesus. Remember that when you're down, when your gods let you down. Remember, you've got a God that lasts forever. When your gods no longer love you, remember, you have one that does. When your gods don't stop demanding things from you to be successful, remember, you have a God that gives, that forgives, and that is there especially when you're at your lowest. Remember this day. Jesus has died, Jesus risen, Christ is coming again. In Jesus' name, amen.